Now, this key word then is the word passion. And Jonathan Goforth had a tremendous passion. Well, just think of his name. What a perfect name for a missionary. Go forth. And that's what we are all to do, to go forth with the message of the gospel. And this is the pressing need of our day, that men and women, God's people, have something of this passion burning within them. And in reality, we have to face it. The church is dying today for the lack of gospel passion. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. It is my joy to bring the message of the gospel to you again today. And we're going to be looking at a missionary story on Jonathan Goforth, one of our famous Canadian missionaries who went out from Toronto to China and took the gospel to the souls of men. I wonder, have you heard of his name? Uh, do you know something of the sacrifices that he made for Christ and of the work that he accomplished as he served the Lord in that land? We are rejoicing today in the advance of the gospel in China and throughout Asia. We rejoice that so souls are being saved, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is being extended, and due to this uh, growth, uh, there are more Christians in the world today than ever before. Now, I say that somewhat reservedly because we cannot attest to the, the orthodoxy of all, but we rejoice that there is a turning to the Bible, to the gospel, and we trust to godly living. And so I pray that God will give us a burden and a passion, even as Jonathan Goforth had for the nations of the world. Stay tuned as we let the Bible speak today from our pulpit on the missionary life of Jonathan Goforth. We read together Galatians chapter 2, and I want to take you to verse 20 as really a theme verse for this sketch of the missionary life of Jonathan Goforth, because this verse had a very big impact upon uh, Jonathan Goforth when he was a new convert, and it uh, became really uh, the summary of his life and his commitment to the Lord. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to give you an outline of this text. Firstly, Christ's death uniting me. I am crucified with Christ. There is our union, 
are living as a branch in the vine, I am crucified with Christ. When he died, I died. Then secondly, you have Christ living in me. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So what a, an amazing thing, that the Son of God by his Spirit lives within the believer's heart. And then thirdly, you have Christ's gospel empowering me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's, that faith there is the gospel. And so we have Christ's gospel empowering us so that we do not live the old life, but we live a new life of service unto God. And then the last part of the verse, Christ's passion motivating me, who loved me and gave himself for me. And there is something of that passion in the heart of every born-again Christian. Everyone that is born of the Spirit and who has the life of the Lord Jesus dwelling in them, there is something of that love, that passion, which motivates and makes us want to be a witness for the Savior. You cannot be saved and sit. You will want to serve and to send forth this message of the gospel. Now, this key word then is the word passion. And Jonathan Goforth had a tremendous passion. Well, just think of his name. What a perfect name for a missionary. Goforth. And that's what we are all to do, to go forth with the message of the gospel. And this is the pressing need of our day, that men and women, God's people, have something of this passion burning within them. And in reality, we have to face it. The church is dying today for the lack of gospel passion. Now, people have their shibboleths, they have their doctrines, their pet theories, their techniques, and their methods. But where is the zeal for the glory of the Lord? Jonathan Goforth was a Presbyterian missionary who took the gospel to China because there was this passion burning within his heart. Now, he was born on the February 10th, 1859. What a great year to be born. 1859 was the year of revivals in New York City, in New England, in Scotland, Wales, Ireland, and various other parts of the world. 1859 is a date, a year that is synonymous with the moving of God to shake the nations with the gospel. Jonathan Goforth was born into a farming family in Thorndale, Ontario. And that is about 10 miles from London, Ontario. They were very hard times, as you can imagine, pioneering farming people in land that needed to be developed and broken into uh, farmland that 
was never before really formed in that way. When Jonathan was a little boy of age five, he was nearly killed. He was sitting on a wagon that was driven by his uncle when somehow the wheel caught uh, a part of him and he was almost crushed uh, to death under that wagon wheel that was loaded. He had another very near close call when he was about 15 years old and he was involved in a barn raising. And as you know, the community comes together and they uh, put together the lumber. And as they were erecting the frame of the building, something gave way and that lumber began to, to cascade down all around Jonathan go forth, but somehow he had the sense just to stand still. And those huge frames of lumber just fell around him, and he had a marvelous escape at that very time. At age 15, his father put him in charge of a farm, a piece of land that was about 20 miles from home, and he told him to work it. And it was on broken land, and he had to plow and tear up the roots and replow it again and allow the weeds to wither uh, in the sun so that they would not grow again. And then came the planting. And his dad never returned until harvest time. And when it was near harvest and you had this field of, of, of grain that was growing, he looked at the, his dad looked at the field, and then he looked at his son, Jonathan, and he just smiled. He never said, well done. He just smiled. But he often recounted that that pleasure on his father's face prompted him later in the missionary field that one day he will receive the well done of his heavenly father as he labored faithfully in his fields. In those teenage years, he wanted to be a politician, and he took an interest in the politics of Canada at that time, and therefore he decided to go back to school and to study law. And it was that that led to his conversion. Because as he went back to school, he met a Presbyterian minister. And he noticed his eagerness to learn, invited him to his church. And when he came to those Sunday services, Jonathan Goforth sat somewhere near the front, just glued to the message of the gospel. Now, the preacher, he hung over the pulpit and he proclaimed the gospel, pleading with his hearers that they would receive the Lord by faith, and pleaded with men, women, and young people to make the right decision to be followers of Christ. And it was at that time that Jonathan was converted. And it was also at that time that this text, Galatians 2, verse 20, got a grip of his heart. And he went over and over and over this text. I am crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And this became his passion, that he would be a living witness for the Lord Jesus. Now, at that school, his faith was greatly tested because one of the teachers was promoting the writings of Tom Paine. He was a real Paine because he was a deist, and he was a French philosopher, a humanist, and uh, this author was gripping the heart of this teacher who was projecting it to his students, and Jonathan Goforth was challenged. But it drove him to the Bible to find the answers in the Word of God. Then something else happened to him. He was staying overnight at his brother's home, and in the morning he was presented by his father-in-law a copy of a book by Robert Murray McSheen, Sermons, Letters, and Memoirs of Robert Murray McSheen the young Scottish preacher who died in his 30th year, but saw God's blessing upon his ministry. Now, he left uh, that, his brother's home early on a Sunday morning. He made his way home. But when he started reading this book, he just pulled in and sat. And he read all day until the sun set and the shadows fell. He was so engrossed in what he was learning in that book. And there was in, of course, McShane's writing and his sermons, this simple but glorious presentation of a sweet Savior. It was theology at its best, at its most evangelical, at its most passionate, it's not merely about theology. It is about the Savior and his love for sinners. And that put a fire within the heart of Jonathan Goforth, and he desired to be that kind of a preacher. Then there was a Presbyterian minister who came ministering in the area. He had been a missionary in Taiwan. Now, in those days, it was known as Formosa. It was also the island that was called Sweet Potato. Because if you look at the island of Taiwan on the map, you will see that it is very much the shape of a sweet potato. And this, this ancient or this old elderly missionary, he was pleading for young men to become missionaries to Taiwan. He was retiring. He was not even sure if he could go back to the mission field again. And he went all around Canada, and he was lamenting that for two years there was no one that would give their life to be a missionary on the island of Taiwan. And he quoted the text, Isaiah 6, verse 8. Um, Who will go for us? And then, of course, Isaiah responds, Here am I, send me. And that really was his call to the mission field. And it was certainly the light that God put within his heart that he should train to be 
a, a preacher and a missionary of the gospel. So he gave up the politics, he gave up the idea of law, and he went to Bible school, which was Toronto, Knox College, which was the seminary for the Presbyterian Church in Canada, and still is to this day. And while he was there, well, let me tell you the story of his mother uh, making him a new suit. When he announced that he was going to Bible seminary, uh, he had nothing but farm clothes, nothing that was suited to city life or to seminary life. So his mother undertook to make him a suit. Now, his mother was a country woman, a godly woman, but had no idea what kind of clothes they would wear in the city. And so when Jonathan Goforth arrived at Bible school dressed in the suit that his mother had made him, well, it became the focus of taunts and jokes. This country bumpkin had arrived. And he was, in comparison to the other boys in the seminary, very innocent of worldly ways. But he soon got his eyes opened. Because while he was studying at seminary, he went with the Toronto City Mission to work in the slums. And he went into the poorest and the most depraved areas of the city. And there he ministered, proclaimed the gospel. He also went to the Dawn Jail or penitentiary. And there he ministered uh, to the inmates. While he was speaking to a number of men one day at the jail, someone shouted, There is no God! And Jonathan Goforth, just a stripling of a lad, he took his Bible and he turned to Psalm 14, and he said, God has a word for you. The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. And boy, did he get an audience at the jail that day when the others took note of what he preached. And he went on to preach on that very uh, portion the fool had said in his heart, there is no God. So you can see the simplicity, you can see the passion, you can see the boldness, the courage that was developing within his life. And as to a new suit, one day he was walking up Young Street in Toronto, and he was passing by when he met a man called Mr. Birkinshaw, who invited him into his tailor store. And he said to him, I have a suit for you. And it was some suit that someone had ordered to be custom made, but it didn't fit. And so he offered it for free to Jonathan Goforth. And when they tried it on, it fit perfectly. And that was his first city suit, you might call it, that he received, and it was for free. He met his wife, with whom he went through life for 49 years, while he was on a ferry boat trip to Buffalo to a Bible conference. She had been praying that God would give her a husband that would be a godly man. And she was sitting in this meeting not very far away from where Jonathan Goforth had been sitting, and she just picked up his Bible and took a peek at it. 
And as she looked through his Bible that was worn and marked, and then she set it back, and she said, Thank you, Lord. This is the man that I want to marry. And the choice was made out of how he marked his Bible. Bachelors, there's the secret. If you're looking for a wife who is a godly woman, you better start reading and marking your Bible or you're going to get judged on that basis. Jonathan Goforth was greatly uh, influenced by the writings of Hudson Taylor, who was already in China. He was working with the China Inland Mission. And Goforth took every opportunity to read, to study, and promote the reports and the writings of Hudson Taylor. And people spoke of Jonathan Goforth when he was doing a deputation meeting or speaking at a church. Invariably, he would turn to missions. And as he spoke on missions, his face would light up. He would be like an angel in the pulpit. Such was his love for the day when he would be out there to proclaim the gospel to those people. He used a couple of helps. He had a map, and there were black squares on the map. And then he would use little tiny white dots. And he would impress on the people, this is the nation of China. And those black squares represent large populations. But look at the white dots. So little in comparison to the vast need. He also used the parable of the Lord feeding the 5,000. And he would say, what if those disciples, when they were dispensing the bread that was created from the hands of the Lord, and he just, they just fed the front few rows repeatedly, offering more and more till they were all choked full and couldn't eat another crumb, and the others at the back never got any food. What would the Savior have said? And he said, this is what we're doing. Here in these nations, we have the gospel, but there are countries that do not, and they need the word of life as well. And through that, he made a very big impression wherever he went to minister the gospel. In the summers, he would do very much what Aaron Fitzsimons and some of our students have been doing in our smaller churches, and he would go to Muskoka, Ontario, and they would be given quite a large area. They would walk to meetings, maybe 18 miles on a Sunday, three different meetings, and Jonathan Goforth would undertake to visit every home. And he would go into those homes, read the scriptures, and pray with them. When he went back in the fall to Bible school, his principal or teacher would ask, Go forth, how many homes did you visit this summer? And he would say, over a thousand. And he said, well, what you lack in Hebrew and Greek, you will have in life experience. And his ministry in the slums of Toronto along with those summer ministry, really helped to equip him as he would go to China. In June 1887, the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church in Canada, they voted to take Jonathan Goforth and another man, J. Fraser Smith, as missionaries to China. 
And the following October, that was June, the General Assembly met. The following October, he was ordained in Knox Presbyterian Church in Toronto. And around that time, he and his wife were also married. And in January 1988, on the 19th, they had a farewell service in Knox Presbyterian Church just a day or two before they were to set out for China. Now, it was very interesting to learn that on the platform of that farewell service was the recent mayor of Toronto, W.H. Howland, and he was well known in the city for his Christian work. He was Toronto's 25th mayor. He was a businessman who was elected president of the Board of Trade back in 1874. He was involved in many causes like Toronto General Hospital, Hospital, the Toronto Bible Training School, and the Christian Missionary Union. Wouldn't we do anything to have a mayor like that in our major cities in Canada today? Now, he is the man who coined the term Toronto the Good. And in those days, they were seeking to address the slums, the low living, and the needs of the city to turn the city to become Toronto the good. In that meeting, the farewell meeting on January 19th, that's 1888, there was a story told of another missionary who had gone out to India. That missionary said to the people, now that's the missionary that was going to India, this is the report that was given, that that missionary said to the sending congregation, my wife and I are taking the risk to be your missionary to India, and we're going down into a horrible pit to present the gospel. We're depending on you to hold the ropes. You've probably heard that missionary language before, holding the ropes in prayer pleading for the congregation to remember to pray for them. That missionary went to India, but in two years he had returned after burying his wife and their little child, and he returned in defeat and in a sense of failure. He slipped into the prayer meeting of the church, and he listened to the prayers of the people. His name nor his mission was mentioned. And after the meeting, he went to the front of the church, and he said, to the shame of all, I have just discovered the reason for the failure of our mission. The people did not remember to pray. I can say, as I read through this uh, biography on Jonathan Goforth, that that congregation and many of God's people in Knox Presbyterian Church prayed very earnestly, and there were marked answers to prayer for Jonathan Goforth as he went.
You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.